Opinions expressed in this episode are personal. They do not necessarily reflect the views of this streaming platform. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Let's Be Diverse. I am your host, Andrew Stout. This episode is dedicated to all my loved ones who have supported me through this journey. Departmentalization is a defense mechanism used by people to avoid dissonance and anxiety in everyday life, including work, home, school, and relationships. Today, we're going to be talking about compartmentalization. My guest today, which I'm actually thrilled about, her name is Amanda Shrew. Amanda is the owner and lead marketing strategist at The Marketing Girl. She is a marketing nerd who gets a buzz by developing strategies and managing diverse projects. With nearly 15 years of marketing experience, Amanda brings her client marketing ideas to life to generate sky-high revenue streams and spark brand awareness for new businesses. Welcome to the show, Amanda. It is so great to have you on today as a guest. Hi, great to be here. Great to have you. How's everything in your world? What's going on? What's new? Can't complain. The sun's shining and it's beautiful and warm outside. And I was able to get up for a walk earlier, so can't complain there. Oh, no, absolutely not. You can't complain when you have the opportunity to get some fresh air. So that is good. Yes. That is good. Business is good. Things are good. Can't complain. Yeah, things are rolling along. Good. Good. Glad to hear. Mm -hmm. Before we begin... I always have a fun question to ask my guests to get things going. Are you ready for yours? As ready as I'll ever be. (laughs) So your question is, have you ever passed up on something that you now regret? No, I don't live my life with regrets. Simple answer. I don't regret things simply for the fact that if I said no to something, there was a reason I did. And... Chances are I said no because it didn't feel right or my gut didn't tell me. Something was saying it wasn't meant for me. And often when you say no to something, you're unknowingly saying yes to something else. So by saying no to that, I'm saying yes to something else that was meant for me. Okay, that's a great answer. I think a lot of people nowadays that I'm talking to think the same way. So that's great that you think that. There are some people that still regret some decisions but it's great that you it means that you've thought about your decision you made it and you never turned back so that's great that's awesome my life's too short for regrets so yeah absolutely so why don't we start off this discussion with you telling us a little bit about you and your story well I'm a mother of two wife of one (laughs) business owner of the marketing girl we I've been running it So I've had a very interesting, diverse experience. If you want to back up a bit further, I went to university in Regina and Saskatoon. And my husband, then we moved to Calgary. And while in my corporate roles, I gained a lot of interesting experience, met a lot of amazing people, but then had the opportunity to start my business. And that also coincided with us buying the house, getting married, having the children. And my business has always worked alongside my family life. And as we have had the kids and moved and grew our family in various ways, I've learned that you have to have separation between personal and work life. There are places that bleed over together, but there has to be some sort of separation or else Mm -hmm. it's hard to prioritize anything in either of them. And you feel like you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off. I agree with you. I think we have to. To me, it sounds like you're passionate about what you do. So 
it is a lot easier, I think, when you are passionate about what you're doing. There are a lot of people out there right now that are not passionate. So I think that's probably where a lot of where their struggles are. So it sounds like you are passionate about your family life and what you do and everything about your life. You're passionate about it. So that's great. You got to have passion. Otherwise, what's the point of doing what you're doing? Whether it's, I don't know, being a garbage person who is cleaning the streets or someone who is president of a country or someone who is an admin assistant or CEO, it doesn't matter. You got to be passionate about what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, if you're spending 40 hours a week doing something, you're wasting your time and your short period of time on earth if you're doing things you don't want to be doing. I totally, I totally agree with you on that one for sure. So what is compartmentalization and why is it so important? Your definition of compartmentalization was a bit different than the way I've done it. The way I see compartmentalization, I see it as just a bunch of boxes. And okay. in my world, everything has a box and everything I do has a box I put it in. And whether it's a family box, an Amanda box, the marketing girl box or a volunteer role I'm in. Everything has a box. Mm -hmm. And I've always done this since I was a kid, whether it was an emotional compartmentalization because I had to get through something. I don't believe in stifling emotions, but I also believe that there's a time and a place for them Mm -hmm. to feel and process and all that. And sometimes you have to put in a box for a little bit till you can come into a space that you can take it out, process it and deal with it in a healthy way. However, it has to have a time period on it because you can't just leave it in the box and forget about it. You've always felt that way? Is it something that you've dealt with or ways that you've dealt with it? Yeah, it's funny because I was thinking in preparation of this, I was thinking about how long I've been compartmentalizing things. And I can definitely say I compartmentalize things from my business, professional life to my home and personal family life. But I honestly have been my entire life. So I compartmentalize my school from my work, from my personal, because everything has had a box. Who I was as a student is was very different than somewhat how I was outside of school. Like in high school, I was a very diligent student, but after school, I wanted to let loose and be a kid. And I would. Mm-hmm. And as That's I grew up, you're also dealing with sometimes big emotions and right when I was stressing out about an exam, for an example, I couldn't have a freak out right then and there. So I put it in a box, wrote the exam, dealt with the emotions after. That's amazing that you're able to separate everything. Yet not a lot of people can do that. So I know myself, I couldn't. Sometimes stuff gets to me, but it's not often. But every once in a while, there is some times where stuff gets to me. And once I get through it, you're right, then it's better. But you worry, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? So it sounds like you got a good plan. It sounds like you got good structure. So that's good. I'm impressed. I don't know. Something, it's a skill I've been doing my entire life. So to me, it's like breathing. Well, <laughs> we all need to breathe too. So that's a good thing as well. Yeah, I think it's important because <laughs> otherwise, sometimes you are reacting to something in a, as an emotional response mm-hmm. when sometimes you need to be leading with your head. And especially being a business owner, for an example, if I led with every feeling I had Mm -hmm. in a meeting, sometimes it'd be unprofessional. Or if a client, sometimes if a client says something, I'm like, "Mm, don't know if I'd go that way. But if I said that, that's probably not the most professional thing. So you know what, Mm -hmm. if I kind of took it the wrong way, or if what they were doing wasn't something I agreed with, 
I put in a box and be like, oh, okay, I'm going to deal with that later. Because obviously that's something that isn't going to help the situation right now. Right. Exactly. So how do we compartmentalize our tasks at work? I time block. I find that's the best way of going about it. So I think everyone learned how to time block or compartmentalize in some form during COVID because your home and your personal and home life a lot of time merged with your professional work life. Your home became your office. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people um, who struggled with it significantly initially over time they found their stride. But I think it's very important to time block and separate your work from your home. Like in my current home, I have an office and nothing else is allowed in here unless it's a business function. Right. But even if you can find a corner, a desk, a tabletop, something that is dedicated to your work, compartmentalize that. That is your workspace. When you enter that space, you're in work mode. And the minute you exit that space, you're in home mode. There has to be some distinction between the two. And trying to just, going back to your question about tasks... I time block. So for an example, monthly, I block off time for my accounting. So I compartmentalize it. Like, I mean, I might have accounting stuff come into me middle of the month, but I'm like, okay, I block time off into that at the end of the month to deal with all of that. And then I put it into that fi- figurative box. Right. That makes total sense. Uh, and I agree with you when during the pandemic, I think everything just all into one bubble and we were work, home, taking care of the kids, supper, and work, and then this, tasks, groceries, everything was all in one bubble. So I like the fact that you mentioned that at home you have your office, nothing goes in there unless it's business-orientated. I know myself, when I have tasks or I have stuff that I need to do, if you know, my phone is ringing, if I have emails and stuff like that, I, I pretty much just ask myself, does it have anything to do with what I'm doing right now? And if it doesn't, then I just let it go and continue with my tasks and go back to checking it after. Unless I'm expecting something or unless it's a call or I see it's a family member and it's an emergency, they've called like two, three times and yes, you'll probably answer it. But I think for myself, just taking specific time, this is what I'm doing right now and concentrate on that until that task is done and then you move on to the next task. I would agree with that. I do think one function I don't know if a lot of people understand or know that they have on their phone is DND. It's do not disturb mode. Basically, I turn that on when I, so I do a lot of creative writing. I do a lot of creative function. I do a lot of creative tasks. So it requires me, or sometimes it's project management where I'm very entrenched into a project and I need to focus on it right then and there. And any external distractions pull me out of that mode. And sometimes it's hard to sink back into that mode. And for myself personally, I find those tasks are best to get done in the morning. So the minute I sit down at my desk, I put on do not disturb. I outline the task, get done. And I put my head down and get and focus on doing, completing that task. It's also kind of, it's also called a focus bubble is another word some people have used. For example, if the task I know will take me an hour and a half to do, I put a timer on, I put my do not disturb on. And I focus on that exact task for an hour and a half. And then I give myself a break because those focus bubbles or time blocking can help give you that dedicated time to complete that specific task and knowing yourself well enough to know when is the best time to get those tasks, certain tasks done first is pretty important and good awareness to have. Right. 
And I would imagine too, it helps you for timelines. So if you have something that is specific and you need to get it done by a certain time frame, that helps you out as well, I would imagine. Yes, absolutely. I manage a number of clients. So sometimes there's competing deadlines. And so I have to learn to prioritize what has to get out the door sooner than later or first. And sometimes a client has a fire that they need help putting out. So that's where I have to learn. I put on a focus bubble and or compartmentalize. Is this something that needs to be dealt with now or later? And then that's where it gets put into that box. Like, okay, it has, it can be dealt with two hours from now. It's gotten in that box. I need to deal with this right now. That makes total sense. So let me ask you, what do you think the difference is between compartmentalize and organize? Again, I think it's, for me, it's, I'm not a visual person. So for me, compartmentalization is blocks or boxes. Whereas organization is putting things in different piles. That's a good question. To me, organization is sorting through things and organizing it in like-minded things. Whereas compartmentalization sometimes means prioritizing simultaneously. So it's putting it in a box and when, and then also putting a timeline on that box. So in your work, do you find you do, you compart a lot or you organize a lot or you do a little bit of both at the same time? I do a bit of both, but just on a regular basis, compartmentalization is my go-to. So, and I do think it's very important. So for an example, going back to compartmentalizing work from home, working from home, I could easily see dishes that need to be done. Right. And I could use that as a distraction, but that's where I have to put my boundary up and be like, nope, that's that. For a while, I did struggle with separating work from home and one bled into the other. And it it became very challenging because I would be working on stuff in the evenings because I was busy working on home things in the evenings. Meanwhile, I would not spend any time with my kids. And so I was checking my phone when I was with them. I was responding to emails when I was with them and I didn't like it. And so that's where I said, I'm like, well, I got to start blocking off designated work and home time and spaces. And that helped me delineate my focus for those timeframes and that do that space I was in. So when I'm in my office, my kids know I'm working, do not disturb. It's very rare. You'll see me in my office in the evenings unless there's some something um, very vital that I'm working on. But my kids know that if I'm in here, it's work time. But if mommy's out there, I'm there. I'm a mom. And I think that's important too, because there's people are working from home and then there's people working in the office. And I think it's I, exactly like you said, I think it's the same thing. I think when there's a lot of people who carry a cell phone with them, uh, it's a company phone. So they have two phones. They have their own phone and they have a company phone. And the company phone, the emails are always going off in the evening. So you're absolutely right. You never separate from work. And when you're at work, you know, you never separate from home because you're getting texts from home or uh, my kid's sick or uh, I got to go home because this or then I got to take my car in or I got this, whatever. So I think you have to kind of separate the two. I think just for mental health reasons and for and well-being, I think you have to separate the two or else uh, you're just going to go crazy. Well, and I was at that point. There was there was a point where I was answering my phone and taking client calls and checking my phone in the evenings when I am with my kids. 
And then I'd be getting upset with them because they would be pestering me while I'm on a important business call. And then it dawned on me. I'm like, wait, this is my family time. This should be my family time. Right. Why am I on a call? Right. Especially when as a business, my one of my big values is family first. And I wasn't putting my own family first. And so that was a bit of a wake up call. And so that's where I just said, okay, my phone is personal and business. So that's where I can't really separate the two. So it always has to be a barrier that I put up, a boundary that I put up and I respect and enforce that when it is the evening, actually, most of the time I even put my phone on the counter, kind of in the corner, and I don't even look at it. It'll ring. But I look and see who it is. If it's personal, I answer it. But if it's work, depending on the situation, I try to let it be. And most of my clients, actually almost all my clients are very respectful of my family time. There are ways of getting a hold of me in emergency type situations, but it's marketing and it's, I'm not a doctor where things live and die by my choices. Right. I have a couple of friends of mine who just started businesses and what you're saying reminds me of them because they were finding the same thing. They felt like they needed to spend time with their family, but they felt because they were starting their business, they felt like they had to answer the phone because they're just building their business. And they felt like if they didn't answer it, they were always worried that the person would be like, oh, well, no, they're not answering. So I'm going to go elsewhere because I need this answered right away. So I'm going to go elsewhere. When it's, I don't think it's the case. I think what you do, and uh, there's a lot of people like yourself that I speak to, and they do separate. They work from X time to X time, maybe a little bit later, but around supper time. And it's spending time with their significant other and spending time with their kids. They need to have that breakaway or else you're going to be in work mode like 24-7 and that's not good. Well, and that was the issue that I was bumping up against was my mind was constantly going. And I mean, as an entrepreneur, your mind will always be going. It really is on 24 seven, but not in a negative kind of way, not in a, Oh darn, I got to do that task. I got to do that task. It's more of a, when I'm with my family, sometimes I'm an entrepreneur, but more of in a creative way. I find a lot of my blog posts ideas come when I'm with my kids. Like I have blog posts on five things I learned from my toddler networking tips that my kids taught me, things like that. But that for me, that's okay because my brain functions as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, that's how it functions. And I can't break that just because I'm in mom mode. But at the same time for my own mental sanity, I had to separate the two because I was getting upset with my kids when I'm, when I'm answering calls in the evening or getting upset at myself for not respecting my own boundaries. I'm like, wait a minute. Like I, I need that space. I need that time. I want good relationship with my kids. I want a good relationship with my spouse, with my husband. So creating that time was very important to me and even carving out time for myself and holding true to that where I don't do business. Some people get up first thing in the morning and they work on their business to, especially in the early stages of it. That's my time for myself before my kids get out of bed, before right. my house gets rolling. Again, it's compartmentalism. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you have to have your time for sure. Or else, like I said, you're going to go batty because, you know, you need to have that time uh, to go for, you mentioned uh, before we started talking, you went for a walk. I try to do that too, go out for a walk at fresh at lunchtime. I try to get out, even if it's half hour, just get out, get some fresh air, clear the mind. 
I think it, it's important stepping away. If you're sitting at a desk for like eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours, and you're not getting away, you're not breaking away, it's not good. So you do need to have that rest of brain and, and that. So. Well, I do have a friend that specializes in neuroplasticity and has really, I've learned a lot from them just how the brain works. And I realized I used to be, when I first started my business, I was going 24 seven. Sometimes I'd be sitting at my desk for eight hours and not even realize eight hours had gone by, but I was younger then and didn't have the life or family priorities like I do now. But as you kind of add a husband and friends and more priorities to that list, it becomes clear that there has to be separation and each thing has its box and its time. And as long as you don't forget about boxes, as a mom, sometimes I do, and even as a spouse, I do forget about myself. So sometimes my box gets shoved under the bed and I pay for it. Like it's the summer was fantastic, but I wasn't doing my workouts. I wasn't doing time for myself as much because we had a lot on the go. We had holidays, we had time with friends, we had work projects, etc. So my scheduled workout times, my scheduled meditations, etc. kind of took a back seat. And it did take a bit of a toll. And then I'm like, at the end of summer, I'm like, oh, I gotta start focusing on myself. And once I did, I found everything kind of fell into place. Like these last two weeks, I've been keeping up on my regular routines and stuff. And it goes back to the idea of putting your mask on first before you help other people. In order to help others, you need to be in your best headspace. Absolutely. If you're not in a good space, you can't help anybody. So I, I totally agree with you on that. So if you could choose one word to describe yourself, what word would that be? Resilient. I love that. I love that word for you. From just meeting you and our conversation today, perfect word for you. I, I agree with you 100% on that one. Any quick final thoughts for today? I will just say compartmentalization is a task that, or is a skill that takes time to learn and it doesn't work for everybody, but I do encourage you to try it, whether it's compartmentalizing your work day into different tasks or compartmentalizing your work life, home, personal time. I find it just helps you emotionally focus your energy in the most effective way to each area of your life when you know when you need to focus it and it prevents you from bleeding out into other areas. Like, I don't know, as an individual, I do have a lot of competing priorities and this helps me prioritize what's important at that point in time and focus all my energy on it. So I don't multitask six different ways and do everything halfway. Now I can give a hundred percent to that specific task at a time. I firmly believe that we can't multitask. Our brains are a function to be linear So at the end of the day, when you can focus one way on one thing and complete it, or at least get headway on it, you are doing everyone involved in that specific thing a a great service. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, I want to take the time to thank you for for joining me today. We spoke a couple of times and you were gung-ho, ready to go, ready to fit it in and come on. And I just love the fact that you were ready to do this today. So thank you. I just love your tips. I love everything that you offered. I love the fact that you were so clear and personable today. So thank you very much again for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. So on behalf of myself and my guests today, Amanda, I'd like to thank you all for joining me today. And until next time, be safe. And just remember, if we all work together, we can accomplish anything. 
You have been listening to Let's Be Diverse with Andrew Stout. To stay up to date with future content, hit subscribe.